It's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. All the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 295. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thanks to the good people at Netgear for supporting Two Blokes Talking Tech. My name's Trevor Long from EFTM.com.au. Joining me each and every week is Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mates. Good afternoon, Trevor. Good to see you again. Good to see you. <laughs> it's, been, it's been, what, a week and a half since we recorded. Hey, hey, hey. We recorded on a Monday, Easter. didn't we? Easter, of course. No, I've been eating eggs all that Easter, time. Yeah, yeah, well, full of chocolate. Didn't have to look at me like. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually glance down at your gut, but that's nothing new. I've, I've can, smashed can, some Cadburys. You can glance down at mine too. I think I've smashed a few eggs and boxes of Maltesers <laughs> and all kinds of things. And no, I'm, I'm exclusively Cadbury. Oh, I did have one Daryl Lee, which was pretty outstanding. Daryl Lee milk chocolate Maltesers, coated. No. Awful, anyway. <laughs> Coated in hundreds of thousands. Fantastic. It's like a big chocolate freckle egg. Yeah, I saw you. I think, um, you, I think you, didn't you tweet it and Instagram yeah, it? Didn't yeah, you, I think I did. You gave it as much coverage as your S8 review. <laughs> see what you did. <laughs> I thought, yeah, that's great. It was about as important to Good me, news. too. Yeah. Two blokes talking tech with the week's tech news. We'll kick it off now. Well, you've alluded to it and we have to kick it off uh, with this. The uh, Galaxy S8 has been in our little hands for a little while and we've been able to publish our reviews, as has every other journal in the world that has one. Um, and, you know, that's that's obviously part of the cycle these companies go through. You announce something, you uh, give a bunch of people the phone early, they review it on, on a certain date and time. We're all allowed to publish our reviews and, and shortly now the phone will be available. It's a pretty standard fare for, uh, for a big, big-name phone like this. Um, Kick it off. It's a five-star phone. Like it's the best phone oh, on the market today. Totally right. I don't want anyone to misinterpret the the little things I say here as being anything less than this is the best phone on the market today, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I just think it's really important. You look at all the all the great things about it, and then you say here's a few other things that yeah. are worth you know remembering about it. And uh, and look, let's go with the biggest negative right now, and that is Bixby. It's the yeah. biggest, uh, uh, I guess, exciting thing they talked about at the launch, um, and it's not available yet. Yeah. It's not even available in America yet. It's definitely one of the tent pole features of the phone. If you had to name the top four features, that'd be in the top four for yeah. sure. Um, and it's yeah, you're right. It is disappointing. It's not ready to go. Although officially, the phone's not going to be released for a few days yet. So whether that whether there was an update, I think overnight, but that didn't give us voice and all the other stuff. But yes, it was undercooked, and yeah, but at least we know it's coming. That we've seen what it's capable of. It's just a matter of it catching up and being yeah. ready to go for us. So to be clear, Bixby's on the phone. You can swipe yeah. to the left or swipe right. I don't know if what is that in Tinder terms, but anyway, you swipe right on the screen, you get the Bixby um, screen. And there's yeah. a button you can launch it with if you want, yeah. um, which I wish I could disable because I'm sick of launching can't, can't Bixby accidentally. No, there's a lot of lot of controversy that there was an app um, that you could install that would um, get around that, but they've disabled that function oh. in a software update. So it's always going to be Bixby. It, it was near the volume keys on the on, and I, when I've been on a couple of calls and they were too loud. I'm clicking on this button thinking I'm turning the volume down, but it's actually pressing Bixby. About a million times I've pulled the phone out of my pocket upside down and, and pressed it thinking it was the power button and stuff. So it's just <laughs> – there's a lot of little things like that, but but yeah. it is um, 
Uh, it's disappointing that it's not a full featured. It's it's yeah. right now. It's just just kind of smart assistants that'll tell you, like it says, you know, you normally ring your wife at this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tells first, me I don't. The first notification I got was about you. So yeah. you normally talk to Trevor Long at this time, yeah. and, I, and I, I think I sent you a screenshot and said Bixby's creepy. Creepy. It's, yeah. uh, it's it was the second day we had it. Yeah yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But look, the idea of Bixby isn't bad. It's a combination. It's like Google Now. It's a combination of all news and Twitter feeds and stuff. <laughs> but on its own, a oh, professional or what? On its own, um, it's it's just it's a bit undercooked, as you say. It's nothing nothing amazing, nothing special, um, and it really does need the voice assistant style to get going. But here's the crazy thing: Google Assistant is on the phone, so you know you can okay Google the hell out of this phone and and use what is an impressive voice assistant from Google. So th- these two things are going to compete for your business, and this is where Google yeah. gets the upper hand because they're there now. They're ready to go. It's so exactly. it's a bit of a pain. But I think no. Once we see Bixby roll out completely, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be at another dimension to the whole service. But that's not the the whole the be all and end all of the device. I, no, I no, think no. let's talk about the display. I think the I've always been a big screen guy, mm. and loving the big screen in a relatively small device, mm-hmm. which is kind of the whole objective. What Stephen's trying to say here is that he opted to review the S8, S8 Plus, Plus yep. and I very quickly said I'll take the S8, yep. which, um, you know, they're selling. I spoke to Richard Fink last night on the radio from Samsung. He he said the pre-orders are at 50%. 50-50, really? Yep, he said, but he thinks once they're in store and yep. people start to see the phone and everything, it'll just... Just touch over to be a plus plus I, uh, margin. I agree because it, it, it's a big screen, but it doesn't feel like a massive device in your hand. Well, in my hand anyway. Maybe yours is man hand. But um, the, look, apart from the, like marveling at how big the screen is in a small device, but I think the quality of the screen it's quad HD. It is remarkable quality. I was watching Foxtel Go and YouTube and I watched the new Star Wars trailer on it about 85 times and it looked terrific. <laughs> and then you got really out of nice. bed. Yeah, so uh, I think that's going to really impress people because we're uh, the, the current user, the, the typical user, does consume a lot of content on the move and this and, and all the people that I've shown this to all say the same thing. They say, wow, they're just dazzled by the, how good the screen is, how the quality of the screen. And to be clear, it is it, they're all edge, so you, there is no non-edge version anymore. They've all got the curved edges on yeah. left and right, um, so that, that creates that infinity display. There's two. Th- there's three things about the screen, really. There's the you know the resolution, which is excellent. Yeah. There's how tall it is, and then there's the, the edge-to-edge um, yep. uh, look of it. I actually prefer the G6 um, in terms of the way the device is because I don't like the edge-to-edge. I don't, so just the flat, you mean the, yeah. seven, the, G, the 7 with the flat, flat corners, flat screen rather than the curved edges? Yes, yes. so, so I take the LG G6 oh, sorry, over G6, this, right, because, um, because it's got the yes. similar tall screen, but it's, it doesn't have the edge-to-edge. Mm. Um, like I've accidentally opened a couple of apps a few times just because I'm, I'm holding the phone. It's like, hang on a minute. I don't yeah. want to go that near the screen, but we're going to have to get used to this. It's going to be the way of the future. Yeah, absolutely. As for the tall screen, though, I mean, everything at the top is out of reach. No point in putting apps there. That's mm. just – it's completely out of reach. I mean, <laughs> that's just – got small hands, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> the good thing about that is yeah. that things appear bigger in your hand. That's what. That's the good thing about that. But I think uh, I've kept – I'm, I don't know whether like, my hands aren't that much bigger than yours, to be frank, okay? And I don't, my, I can, my, I must have a long thumb or something because I can still reach, I can still reach a lot of the apps, and I'm quite happy with it. I've put all my apps near the top of the screen. I can still easily reach up and touch them, get them. But um, no, I think that look, I think that's one thing people are going to ask about. 
to before they decide on the screen they want, the, the device they want, in all seriousness, they're going to they're gonna want to – I reckon that's why some people haven't maybe pre-ordered yet because they want, they want to see yeah. just how big this thing is. Yeah. Um, so I, all, yeah. all I'm saying is I love the look of it. I love this tall screen. I'm just yet to understand why. Do you know what I mean? Like I get the 18 by 9 um, mm-hmm. uh, ratio for video, but every time I'm watching a video, it just it, I prefer it with the pillars on, on the sides. Yeah. Um, because you know, oh, it's, you, it's good. It's good on Instagram. I can see more on Twitter. I can see more. Yeah, Those things that, are great. Too, Multitasking yeah. is excellent. But yeah. who's doing that? Like no one is doing that. But so, now, but now the now it's possible to do that. And it's I think always should, been possible to do that. But people out. haven't said, oh, "I wish I could see more when I'm yeah, doing it." Yeah. We should point out that usually <laughs> you're an iPhone. Like uh, if you're not using an Android device, you're an iPhone seven user. Mm-hmm. If I'm not an Android, if I'm not using an Android device, I'm an iPhone seven plus user. Mm. So what you got in your hand there, Trevor's holding the S eight in his hand. That's got a screen bigger than the iPhone seven plus. Yeah. So taller, t- well taller, but. I I put the seven plus next to the S eight plus. The S eight plus is I think just fractionally taller. Like I'm talking like point two of a millimeter, and it is narrower, of course. But you're getting it. The, the, the devices next to each other are virtually the same size, mm. but you're getting a six point two inch screen compared to a five point five inch. Screen. I just think the comparison of six point two versus five point five is is wrong because of the the aspect ratio is different, you know? Yes, you get an extra row of icons. It's like when iPhone went from 4S to 5, they added that that height. Mm-hmm. For people for people wondering what this is like, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. They've gone we've gone from the iPhone 4S to the 5 where it was a taller phone and you had that extra row of icons, but they were still well within reach. Um uh, it's it's that big a difference. The, the, the width, like you're holding the seven plus in your hand right now, okay? So the width, the width of the actual screen. If you mm. take, if you take, if you were able to strip the bezels off either side of the iPhone mm. Seven Plus, the screen widths are almost alike. Oh yeah, they're yeah. almost similar. So it's just slightly taller, and of course, it's taken away the home button. It's taken away all that extra, uh, Look, those extra things from the front. Bottom line: the, the screen. screen is what makes it an outstanding device for many reasons, because yeah. it's great, and also because it stands out in a retail store. It's going to look great, and people are going to love totally. having something different. And frankly, now when I when I grab my iPhone, I think, dear God, this thing looks old, right? And we'll talk about that in a minute because that's that's what the is iPhone, the impact? Apple's going to do the same thing. This is this is the trend. This yeah. is now the trend where you're gonna get more screen in a small space, and the next iPhone, don't kid yourself, it's gonna have that exact feature, possibly even with curved edges to the screen if the rumors are right. Well, possibly, possibly. But, so, a uh, couple other things: yes. um, battery, um, good but not great. Yes, like it has a battery, like yep. it has a battery and it hasn't exploded, um, and <laughs> it won't, and it, and it won't. All right, because no, of course not, no. and we said this off air. Um, you know, it could have been a better battery. It could have been a, a longer-lasting battery. It's yeah. an absolute one-day battery. It's a charge-and-night yeah. battery. So it's a full day, maybe the next morning. Yeah. yeah. But who's – I mean, you're, you're not weird. Go, you're not weird if you're charging next you're not going to walk out of the house with, with 18% battery, are you? You're going to no. charge it. Yeah. You're going to want to charge it. Again. So so it's an absolute full-day battery. I haven't had any battery anxiety um, in, in using it, which is, which is a big anxiety? deal. Absolutely. I carry charges around with me. battery anxiety? Yes. Okay. I did in a bloody hybrid car. I'm freaking out. Someone about that, or no? There's no one to see. There is no treatment for it. I've checked. Um, uh, But there's a the battery manager in it is actually quite good. You can you can do everything from reducing the brightness, which you can do on any phone, but you can actually reduce the resolution of the screen down to bloody HD, not even full HD. That's out of the box. It's defaulted to full HD. Which says it saves you a bit of power, but I thought stuff this. I'm going to go quite. High. I'm going to go full, full, full bore. Go big or go home. Don't you think it's amazing that they can change the resolution? Yeah, 
terrific. Like, well, what are they, how it what displays, are they yeah. taking some pixels out? I mean, well, it's just no, crazy, it's right? Some, pixel, some pixels will take up more space than they usually would. So the, the pixels are fixed things. I understand, but the actual image, <laughs> the content takes up more Correct. pixels than what they do. Um, but So then the other thing is you can manipulate it to the point of going, I want to limit the CPU. Yeah. So that'll only save you 15 minutes a day. It does have very good battery saving. But there's some excellent features in there to help you save battery. So I thought that was cool. Um, Gee whiz. I mean, so many things to talk about. But I have to talk about – oh, the iris scanner is is super fast. Yes, it is. That's faster than the Note 7 was. I've got a story about that. Sadly, we couldn't compare it to the Note 7. But it's definitely yeah. faster than the faster i7, than the Note 7, Note 7 was, I yes, found. Um, you'll talk about this in a second, but I, I was, uh, and I mentioned this in my review, I was, I used facial recognition for the first half of the week, which mm-hmm. was great. Yep. And then I used to switch to Iris Scanner, which required me to swipe up. And then you showed me that you could turn a mode on so that when I just look at the phone, it, it yeah, automatically yeah, unlocks. Yeah, yeah, and well, it's fast. I, I had it set to that too, and I actually got, I got, got caught out by how quick it was because I had it in my pocket woke the screen up just as quickly look at the time and by doing that I looking at the phone for that brief period of time actually unlocked the phone mm. I've popped the phone back in my pocket and and then butt dialed someone accidentally I'm thinking how could that have happened and then I worked it out I oh, hang on I looked at it it unlocked it mm. without me meaning to so it just goes to show how quick the iris scanner is. Yeah. So I'd recommend maybe switching that feature, swipe up before you do your iris scan to save you butt dialing people. Here's a crazy cool feature. If you're on eftm.com.au and you take a screenshot, mm-hmm. when you go to the gallery, you can actually link to that page that you screenshotted from the mm-hmm. gallery. It saves the URL that you screenshotted into the photo so that you can actually click a link in the gallery. Sadly, mm-hmm. when you send it to someone else, the link goes. So I don't quite know the point of it. But imagine, no, but imagine you're, uh, and I've, you know, I haven't done it, but I've seen women do it, sitting there r- looking at stuff online to buy, right? And I screenshot that dress, yeah. screenshot that dress, yeah. screenshot that dress. And then they're looking through the gallery going, yep, I'm going to buy that one. Boom. So they come home to you and they say, which one oh, of these so three they, should so I buy? just press the picture and yes. goes to the URL. Yeah, that's, yeah. Smart. that's smart. Is that, is, that a, is that exclusive to Samsung or is that just a new Google and Android? I've not feature. seen it on another Android phone. Yeah, right. We'll be correct by some Android nerd, but cool little thing. Camera's great. Um, front-facing camera is, is definitely better, and the facial recognition helps that. Yeah. But the rear-facing camera, while it hasn't been radically improved, is just extraordinary. It's a great camera. Really, that's one of its strengths is how good it can take pictures in low light. Mm-hmm. Low light images are really surprising. Uh, obviously, if you're in, in bright light, it, it, it knocks it out of the park as well. I had a bit of fun with the selfie, the filters, yeah, and the filters, masks. I, I made the kids do that, not they me. Thank you. Yeah, I thought I'd just make a bit of a gift. I'm going to use that photo against what you at some point. What about how good the earphones are? Mate, the AKG. AKG, baby. That is a real – and like normally – you wouldn't you wouldn't sort of pay much attention to the earphones. That They're a couple of hundred dollar headphones. I know they are. So normally you'd, you'd you probably wouldn't use them. You'd buy a better pair. These are really good. You you use them out of the box. They are fantastic, and the audio quality is terrific. Yep. No, absolutely. So a couple of gripes I have just quickly. Okay. Um, it, it's like the Jet Black. Uh, I'm, I'm not Midnight Black. It's like, Midnight Black. But it's like the Jet Black iPhone. Yeah. Scratches like buggery. Like, like seriously, a cover, mate. Get a but, cover. but I don't want a cover. Ready. Is your yeah. ready? Yeah, well, you got something hard to see, but kicking it down the road. Um, right? yeah, see, there's a scratch there and there. I mean, it's just it, wow. it's simple, but it, it scratches easier. And for people that 
I don't want a cover. I just spent can all this money on a phone. Like, can you buff it out? I'm not sure you can. Um, and the second thing is the fingerprint scanner is exceptional, like really fast, works yeah. beautifully, like really good. I know what but, you're going to say now. But it's in a stupid <laughs> spot. Like who can reach there with their oh, fingerprint? Geez, that was such an effort, wasn't it? It's not meant geez, to be an that effort. was an effort. It used to be just there and I just worked. So they yeah. move it because they make the bigger yeah, screen. Hang, hang on a minute. It's every, stupid. every other Android phone you've used this year, though, has had the fingerprint reader on the back. Pix- in the yes, middle, Pix- in the middle of the Pixels back. in the middle. This is my point. Yeah, so does all the other phones. But I, I found that if you're using it, like I'm a righty, I'm a right-hander. Okay, you're so a righty? Is that a thing? Um, well, yeah, lefty or a righty. I'm a righty. I'm yeah, a right-hander. There's, there's cacky-handed lefties, but that's because okay. it's you know a freak of nature. Well, a risk with respect, my sister's a lefty. It's funny. Okay, so is my brother. But my, my right hand is what I normally use to write and do everything with, okay? And so the, the fingerprint reader on the positioned to the right of the lens on the back actually suited me where, where my finger position would land on it. But even in my left hand, it wasn't. It wasn't that awkward to get my finger on it. It was wasn't too bad, and and all you need to do is just feel around and just cover the whole surface, and it would work. What's that funny about that? Just feel around, cover the whole. Um, <laughs> the problem is, it used to be super easy and convenient, and yeah. it's not anymore. But I offset that with saying I haven't needed it because the iris, iris scanner is iris. so bloody good and the yeah. facial recognition is so bloody good. So. Um, look, as we said, Bixby, uh, my my biggest concern is I don't know why Samsung ships the phone with the crappy keyboard they have. Just install the Google keyboard. It's much mm, better. Mm. You type, type, type. It knows what you want to say, but it won't autocorrect. Yeah. Dude, just autocorrect me. I use the swipe typing. Swipe typing is pretty cool. Even when you make mistakes, it still yeah, doesn't yeah. correct you automatically. So you install the Google keyboard. It's a, it's a much better phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly... An unbelievable phone. Samsung Dex. I want to chat about that. We both use it. I've used it as well. I've actually tried it, set it up with my keyboard, my mouse, and it's a game changer. It is, mate. I'll send this to the launch. Amazing. This is going to be one of the top features of the device that you can – this isn't the last you're going to see of this. This is the start of a new trend with these – with the phone that's so – that's powerful enough to handle it. This That's one thing we should emphasize. This 10-nanometer octa-core processor has got a lot of guts in it to be able to run several applications at once. It's a really nice, clean uh, interface, sort of a desktop version of Android. All those messages that we exchanged yesterday about when we're going to record, I was actually typing that on Dex. Mm. I was on Dex. So it was really easy to to even answer your messages and do answer your emails, work on documents. I wrote out a Word document on it. That is a great feature. And the Dex, uh, the the connector, the the dock, is $199. So it's, it's affordable. Crazy good value, crazy good bit of tech, and it is a bit of a standout for them. So, uh, yeah, look, overall, unbelievable, um, game changer, oh. best Android phone on the market, probably the best phone on the market without question, only because of the time lag, though, between Apple and, and well, Samsung. Yeah, true. And, and look, just just in terms of the, the sort of pressure that Samsung was under to produce a good device, mm. uh, a safe device even, under after what happened with the Note 7, I think they've done an exceptional job. Yeah. I, I wrote the line I used in my story was in my review was that it takes pressure to make a diamond, and they are under a lot of pressure. And what they've produced is actually a very high quality, best Android phone you can buy on today, yeah. uh, and, and the smartphone to beat. And given people in Australia are massively tend towards the contract rates, uh, I feel for anyone else in the market. Mm. I feel for any other phone in the market in an outright world. Yeah. Head to head, you might try and save a couple hundred bucks and get yourself an LG or a Huawei or something. Yeah. Uh, so if you're trying to save four hundred dollars, then yes, you're gonna you're gonna find other a lot of other value. But for the thousand plus dollar phones, 
Yeah, that's just unquestionable. What, 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 what would you do anything else? Absolutely right. Two Blokes Talking Tech, our reviews at techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, there's a lot to be said about what we can expect from Apple, especially after Samsung have now, they're, they're launching the new S8 into the market. And a lot of people, and you've probably seen this too, have seen the S8 and thought, wow, you know, yeah. the iPhone users are thinking, geez, that's a really nice phone. Yeah. And in the back of their minds, they're thinking, this might be worth switching for. Yeah. So there's that, there's that in the air right now. But Apple, of course, it's the ball's in their court, and what they're going to come up with is no doubt going to be really special, no doubt going to be well-designed. And there was a little bit of a leak that uh, was was uh, shared on Twitter last night by a very reliable, an Aussie guy, Sonny Dixon, who's a reliable rumour, like he's always sort of gets the leaks and gets the inside info, and he shared this interesting schematic diagram of what we think could be the next iPhone. Yep. Is this the iPhone 8 that we're looking at? I think it is one of the next iPhones. I think that's the critical thing we first need to say is we don't know whether they're going to release one or three phones this year because a lot of the rumours to date have been that they're going to release like an iPhone 7S and a 7S Plus and this you and know iPhone 8, 8 or, or, or Edition or X. Yeah, yeah. And, and this to me fuels that, right? Mm. And there's a couple of reasons. First and foremost, the dimensions of this phone are pretty much smack bang in between the size of the current 7 and 7 Plus. Mm. Now, uh, if if the rumours to be believed that there's going to be this kind of uh, 7S style phone which doesn't have the remarkably radical features but is a you know marked step forward in terms of graphics and performance and things, then it's probably going to be a similarly looking and shaped and sized device. Mm. But then this, you know, this Halo product, this X, this edition, this 8 could well be the thing that we've seen leaked here because it is smack bang size-wise in between the two phones. And I think that's very smart because it means that if they are then going to take in a lot of what Samsung has has done and LG with Mm -hmm. the big screen, it all starts to make sense because the fingerprint scanner on this is clearly in the back at the middle. Yeah. Um, that's there's a small circle in the middle that's clearly the fingerprint scanner, and that's you would only move the fingerprint scanner if you're getting rid of the home button well, by making a bigger screen. We alluded to it before, where Apple is no doubt going to put make nearly the whole front of the device screen, whether it's a 7s. The 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 rumor is that they're going to have a, the eight or whatever it is with an AMOLED curved edges on the screen. This to me doesn't suggest the curved edges could be part of it. This is probably like like you said the seven s plus whatever it's going to be. I think, though, looking at the dimensions, it's going to probably have a similar 5.5-inch size screen, but in a device that's almost half a centimetre shorter than the, than the 7 Plus. But that, that hole on the back is like 90% certain is probably for the fingerprint reader. Mm. The other suggestion is it may be a sensor for the wireless charging as well. It could be sitting on a wireless charging dock. I doubt it, but it could, could be form part of it. Yeah. But the whole, the dimensions of this and just the shape of it, it seems to have these straight edges along the side. That to me suggests it's going to be like a squashed iPhone 4, you know, that with that design. Or 5, with the, yeah. With the flat, yeah, flat <laughs> edges, the 5 yeah. as well. So I think it's going to be a super thin version of that phone with the front's just going to be all screen. But we still haven't seen, I think, the trump card of Apple, which would be the uh, iPhone 8 slash X slash anniversary edition, whatever they're going to mm. call it, with the, which is rumoured to be made entirely of glass, AMOLED curved edge screen that's going to look more like the S8 than the the previous iPhone. So what you're saying is you think this is iPhone 7S yes. plus that, that to me, and not right? the edition? Yeah, I think the edition is going to have a radically new design edge 
curved edges, more rounded looking than that phone. It's going to be I, I, so totally I disagree because on its own. because we currently have rounded looking iPhones, right? And mm. they need to go back to the flat to look yeah. in, in innovative again, as weird as that is. And this is also very thin. I mean, when you put it in mm. perspective and realize how thin that is, yeah. that is very thin. If you whack a flat screen on top of that, mm. and I'm telling you, I, I don't know design as well as Johnny Ive, but I'm telling you, that thing there with a flat screen adding no no extra width to it. Yeah. Um, is beautiful and it's your iPhone edition. Can, can you achieve that kind of um, like a bezel-less design without a curve though? Is that like Absolutely. the bezel, there? can what, you what, go completely edge-to-edge with a phone? Or? It all depends what you determine to be edge-to-edge, right? I mean, I'm quite happy with a millimetre or two. You've got to remember the current one has basically two and a half, three millimetres of bezel, yeah. right? Any reduction of that is going to look innovative. It's yeah. going to look amazing. See, the LG G6 doesn't look that amazing because it's got about the same size bezel, bezel as, the, as the iPhone does today. So a one mil bezel is enough to make it look edge to edge. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think if, if there's so many other rumours about the, the curved AMOLED screens and the difficulty they're having in making them and supplying enough of them, they're all the other rumours that you hear. But if you're going to make an iPhone 7S, mm. um, well, I don't think you need to put the fingerprint scanner on the back. I think you just keep the fingerprint scanner under the home button, which yeah. which the only reason to put it on the back is because you're getting rid of the home button. Um, and that's what we've talked about with WWDC is you have to announce that at WWDC so software developers can yeah, start working on it. Yeah. So for me, <clears throat> if, if I was to make a guess, I say this is the iPhone 8, this is the iPhone edition, this is the iPhone X, mm-hmm. and then there's going to be an, a 7 and a 7, 7S and 7S Plus either side of it as well, which will be more affordable. This is like a $1,400, $1,500 device. Here's one thing I noticed too. Like on the back, apart from the circle for the fingerprint reader, mm. the Apple logo is sort of a third of the way down the back of the device and the camera mount, the camera opening is... So it'll be if it's dual lens, the lenses will be one on top of the other. So why don't they? Why didn't they move the Apple logo maybe slightly higher? And because the way that sits, and you you were talking a minute ago about how awkward it is to get your hand in the right position, the way that sits, that puts the fingerprint reader smack bang in the middle of the phone. Like I like that, but shouldn't it be a slightly higher? So you hold your phone in a sort of. Up where the Apple logo would be was where I'd put the fingerprint reader and then move the Apple logo up a bit. Like it just seems it's too low, the fingerprint reader. You know, reader. again, this could all be a furphy. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The Apple logo would be the perfect place to put the fingerprint yeah. scanner. I thought that myself because you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. Like if if it's big enough. If you're Tim Cook looking at this going, why have we got two holes? Oh, one's for the fingerprint scanner, Tim. Well, make the Apple logo make the, the Apple fingerprint logo. scanner, you goose. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Very interesting. Absolutely. That so is. This could be just someone on their photocopy having a bit of fun with it. Oh, well, you got to remember, mate. <laughs> this is this is not official. We've got to remind people. Sunny, um, Sunny has had unbelievable leaks in the past, but every yeah. year they get sacked or killed or fired. I don't know what happens to them, but <laughs> um, and every year he has to find new leaks, right? Yeah, right. Um, so this could. This could well just be someone who's done a great CAD drawing because there's some really smart people in the world, mm-hmm. CAD drawing of a, of a you know, a unibody aluminium cutout and then thrown some codes over it and stuff, photocopied it three times and, yeah. and taken a photo of it with their iPhone. Well, they've got us. We're talking about it. We've both written about it. Yeah, they've got us cold. Oh. But the, um, you know, uh, uh, it could very well be that Tim Cook and Johnny Ive are sitting back laughing their asses off thinking, <laughs> what is this garbage they've put up here? What are the blokes talking about? They don't know what they're talking about. Hey, Tim, Tim, we're just trying to, we're just trying to keep the dream alive, my friend. Uh, two blokes talking tech. You can see those photos at eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au.
Well, you already know Arlo by Netgear, the worldwide leader in smart home security and the creator of the world's first 100% wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. Now get to know the new Arlo Pro with even more features, including two-way audio that allows you to talk to the kids, pets, or whoever's at the front door right from your smartphone. Arlo Pro has quick charge, rechargeable batteries, night vision, and live on-demand streaming. And yes, it's still 100% wire-free and weatherproof, so you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. Arlo Pro takes just a few minutes to set up, and you can check in on your home or business from anywhere using the free Arlo app on your phone, tablet, or computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection and never miss a moment with free cloud recording for seven days. Visit arlo.com slash au for more info. Arlo, the new Arlo Pro by Netgear. Every angle covered. Stephen, it's great to be here this afternoon with you in the Tech Odd Studio because I've come Actually. here directly from the airport and you live reasonably close to the airport as compared to me. Yeah. Um, because I a flight back in it. So you got to catch another flight back to your <laughs> yeah, place. I may as well. It'd probably be quicker yeah. um, because I have just got off a plane. Uh, I flew to Melbourne this morning on Virgin Australia because I'm a, I'm a love, lover of Virgin Australia. You're obviously, a platinum vir- frequent flyer. big virgin, they call you. Hey? The big yeah, virgin. I imagine being the big virgin. <laughs> um, anyway, I flew on, uh, I'm going to say it was... Flight 824 this morning to, uh, from Sydney to Melbourne. Was that the thing or did you just make that up? Was it 824? Yeah. Was that it? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Okay. Does it matter? I'm just asking. I but the aircraft involved, the, the aircraft involved was VHYIG. And why that matters is because that specific aircraft in the Virgin Fleet has the uh, dome on top, which is where the satellite dishes go for the yep. go go in flight Wi Fi internet. Yep. Um, so we know we talked a couple of weeks ago about Qantas launching their um, trial finally. They've been testing their plane for a long time and they finally made it available to the public last week. Well, Virgin's now done the same thing. They've been testing this for a while, but they, haven't ha- they don't have to do as much testing because they're using a tried and true. Tried yeah. and tested um, system from so GoGo, Go-Go, right? They, they supply flight for Delta, that's right. A, 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 a bunch other, of airlines. Other airlines oh, yeah, too, a yeah. Bunch. They're, they're a big company. They do, do this all the time. So um, Virgin's been testing it. But as of today, anyone that gets on that plane will will be able to use the internet on board. Now, it's a gate-to-gate service. So as soon as you get on the plane, you can connect. You don't have to wait. Like in America, you have to wait till you get to 10,000 feet. Yeah. Here, it's it's running from the moment you get on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, in the seat pocket, there's a, there's a large instruction guide so people know how to use it. They make a small announcement on the plane to let you know that not only have you got their in-flight Wi-Fi entertainment system, but you've also mm-hmm. got... My for internet. So is this an f- actual flight that was going to Melbourne that happened yeah. to be the very first Wi-Fi? Or was this a, a, a uh, it was it wasn't the around. first because it had come from Melbourne earlier. Ah. So it had it had come from Melbourne to Sydney, and then I got on at Sydney, and went back to Melbourne, and then okay. just quickly flew back to Sydney. Basically, Not on the same plane, but just another no, flight. No, it went to Brisbane. So you only had Wi-Fi going to Melbourne. Yeah. Okay, and and you did some testing. So how, yeah. how good is it? It's unbelievable. Like here's the thing: Qantas is is rightly talking about how fast their internet's going to be because mm. they've got a better generation of internet, right? Of yeah. of Wi-Fi and satellite. But mate, and I, I detected. I used some network scanning tools. There's about 15, 20 people on the plane used it, um, or devices. I was four of them because um, I had that many. But I had. I sat on, on my, in my chair. By the way, is there a limit to the number of devices you can? Not use? at the moment. I will talk about what the plan is. But yeah. at the moment, it's just log in and you're on, right? Yeah. So I had a laptop running ABC iView. I had uh, my iPad running Foxtel Go, watching Formula One, uh, you know, live, which was a live TV channel, but a you know yeah. a replayed show. I had um, Channel Nine live streaming on a on a phone, yep. and I was live periscope streaming outwards on my on my other phone, right? Jeez, so I was using on one yeah, phone. <laughs> exactly. Hey, what's going on? 
So these streams all worked beautifully. The streams worked fine. Yep. The speed tests I saw were about twenty. I got. I did see thirty-five on the ground, but twenty-five down to about fourteen uh, meg downloads. Hey, never, good. never more than one up. But it's yeah. like having cable at home. You know, that's that's yeah. just life. That um, and, and yeah, it's going to get slightly slower because more people will use it. Yeah. But see, these these systems are much more intelligent than your average Wi-Fi. They actually dedicate the bandwidth to people who need it and stuff. So if you are streaming, you'll get more than the person who's just on Facebook, right? But speaking of streaming, is that one of the objectives to give customers the uh, the passengers the ability to stream yeah. Stan and Netflix and all as that? As soon Pandora. as you connect, it says, "Hey, you get your free trial of Netflix, Stan, or Pandora, and you can sign up for like three month free trial if you haven't already, which, which is use, longer than which normal." News on the ground as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So normally you sign up to Stan, you get thirty day free trial. So now you can get three months. So Beautiful. works like a charm. Um, worked really well. Um, I had no issues at all. It was just going all the time. And is this a free service or is there a cost involved? Currently completely free, right? For the yeah. three months or so, they're going to run it as a trial. It's free. Is Qantas now, free? That's free, isn't it? Qantas is free, free, free and it's going to always be free. So this is what we know right now. Qantas yeah. is going to make it free. Add, add a little cost to your ticket. Of course. Well, let's not kid ourselves. It's not really free. But Virgin uh, Virgin haven't announced what they're going to do. They're going to wait for feedback from, from customers. Uh, basically, there's a couple of options. One, they make it free. I doubt that. Two, they make it like 30 minutes for free. Mm-hmm. Three, they say it's like uh, $8 for a slow version and $15 for an expensive version and they have tiers yeah. or something like that. I think they'll go with something simple like, here, you all get 30 minutes free. Yeah. But you after that, that, yeah. Is it, could there be the possibility of having a faster plan? Like you want faster? Or is I it, think or, they would be, same. I think that would be a, uh, unwise to do that, given they don't actually have huge capacity in the air. And there wouldn't be much of a difference either. They couldn't offer like tiers of speeds, could like, they? What are they going to offer? A five meg plan and a 15 meg plan? I don't know. I just think that's and probably a bit complicated. Trevor, like I asked with the Qantas flights, is there any restriction on what you can look at? Like, oh, is there Facebook do only? Or? Do you know what? I didn't test the chicken and corn well, on the plane. Well. You might have got Thankfully, off I might have got kicked. But also yeah. because they would have known it was me because there were so few people using it. You didn't get to give Pornhub another run, mate? Or? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I tested a lot. Like I live streamed on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. I yeah. posted Instagram stories, Snapchat stories. Yeah. I uploaded it to got my as website. Much coverage as that Easter egg, mate. It got as much coverage as that. It was awesome. <laughs> So I didn't see any restrictions at all, yep. which I, I think is pretty cool. So that's good. It's it's great, great service. Works well if you're lucky enough to get on that plane. Yeah. That's um that's what you'll 737, get. Seven three seven eight hundred four hundred. Seven three seven. All matters to me. Um, but you'll you'll own. My, my brother-in-law will texting me what exactly what type of aircraft. Although he works for Qantas, but. make me look it up. He, he'll yeah. know. It. Um, but yeah, when you get on the plane, you'll notice in the seat pocket a really big um single single page eight, brochure. Eight hundred. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's available now for – and remember, it's the same. They've got the same number of planes in the sky as Qantas do, do it with in-flight Wi-Fi, right? One plane. So <laughs> don't get too is. excited. Yeah, don't get too excited. Yeah. Uh, two blokes talking tech. Well, uh, switching gears to televisions now, and uh, Panasonic's been one of, the, one of these companies that have had quite a rich heritage in TVs. You know they've been developing TVs – uh, and TV technology, they've got a 79-year history in television development. Has TV been around that long? Yeah, I don't know. That <laughs> Ten of those years been trying to invent the TV. But anyway, Panasonic have unveiled their new range of devices, their new uh, televisions, and they've got, for the first time, OLED, four OLED panels uh, in their range. And I'm assuming that they're sourcing the panels from LG, they have to as, be, aren't as, they? Uh, as, uh, as will yep. Sony when they release their OLED TV. But I, I think they've got, uh, you know, the smarts behind the TV, uh, which, which really showcases their, their, uh, the, their absolute black technology. They've got absolute black filter. 
They're calling it the Master OLED series, and their biggest OLED is going to be 77 inches. See, this is what's strange. This is what's strange. If you're sourcing panels from LG, wouldn't your panel sizes be identical to LG's? I mean, LG don't have a 77. As long as you're paying the bill, they don't care what size it is, I suppose, do they? Uh, LG haven't got an t- OLED TV that big, have they? No. And the Sony panel, I think, 65 inches, the one we're going to see. Yeah. So Panasonic has kind of have a breakout size there. They're going to still have 55 and 65 inches as well. So they're going to have not only that master black filter, but also they're going to have uh, a new audio system too, sort of the, the dynamic blade speaker. Because, you know, the, the downside of having a thin television is that it gives you very little room to produce uh, to have a speaker that produces a decent sound. Yeah. So they've come up with this technology, this blade design, that will hopefully give your TV a better sound. So rather than having to spring for a, a sound bar, which a lot of companies, a lot of TV companies want you to do, they've got this new speaker design. Isn't it so, funny, both Sony and, and Panna, who we assume are getting panels from LG, are differentiating themselves with sound. Sony's got their you know, vibration through the screen. They've got their blade. It's, it's a LG's really important got, differentiation. LG's got Harman Kardon, a partnership with Harman Kardon as well. Yeah. So that's pretty high quality as well. But that, it's, OLED will obviously be at the top of the line, but they're also going to have some HDR LED TVs as well, as well as entry-level 4K HDR TVs also. The, the, the price ranges are interesting. I think there's something for everyone. I think the cheapest OLED... And I don't know off the top of my head how this compares with LG. The cheapest OLEDs are 55 inch for 4,000, And I pretty much have to be about in line with LG, but they've also got a 65 inch that's 7,199. And if you want to go the master OLED, the master class, you're going to pay an extra $1,700. For the privilege. So whether is, is it no, worth the 65-inch? Yeah, 65-inch OLED and the 77-inch will be you know, TBA. That'll be like $25,000 television. But um, interesting to see that Panasonic, a company with – They're sticking uh, at it. They're, they're hanging in there. No, look, Panasonic's pretty well respected in terms of – you look around at uh, at the Olympics and major stadiums and they've, they've, they've displays are everywhere. Like the ANZ Stadium, the, the screens are Panasonic screens. So they do have well, a solid have a Panasonic history. sign on them, yeah. Well, that's all. You'd assume that they supplied the screen as well. It wouldn't just be a sponsorship of another brand. Anyway, but they do have a pretty rich history in, in TV and, and picture quality. So I'd um, be interested to see what they come up with combining that, those, that technology, that skill with an OLED panel. We shall see uh, when they become available throughout. Uh, well, the OLEDs are going to be July and the big, big, big one in November. Two blokes talking tech. Now, Stephen, this may be a very small product to be talking about, but rechargeable batteries, right? Now, I've had plenty in my time. Um, back when uh, Billy Crichton was the boss of Sanyo, I had about a 1,000 million in any loop rechargeable batteries. They were awesome. We've still got some in our house. But one of the reasons people don't go rechargeable is they're expensive, right? You pay a lot of money for the little charger. Like, you go to Woolies, you still got to pay like 30 bucks for a little charger that has four batteries in it. Yeah. So, so the, the ROI, the return on investment, takes a while to get, you, yeah. to get your money back. Yeah. So IKEA today announced a thing called the ladder, the ladder, I don't know how you say it. Ladder. But it's four batteries for $4.90 or something like that, and then it's a charger for 4 bucks. That's awesome. Right? Now, the charger looks like one of those ones that sometimes goes in a product. It's just, you know, the four AA batteries kind of grouped together with a, with a little cable. It's USB, so you just plug mm. it into anything to get charged. 
And now four batteries and and a charger for basically under ten bucks is ridiculous. So it's Eight dollars forty nine. Yeah, a packet uh, of four Duracells will cost more than that. Absolutely. Now these may not be lithium ion; they may not last. What well, I don't know what they are, but but, but you can recharge. The, the great thing about rechargeables is you can just recharge them whenever you want, right? Now, and the great thing about four dollars fifty for a set of batteries is you buy bloody thirty of them, and then they've got a forty dollar recharger. A charging dock, which looks like a book, can you, I'm and which you can put, which you can put, which you can put twelve batteries in, and basically just constantly charge. It's the Storhogan, Storhogan, Storhogan. So that's what have we come to? Forty dollar charger, forty bucks for a Storhogan, but, but that charges twelve batteries. Yeah. Right, so you could so you could supply the household. Like I imagine at your place, your kids, their it's, products, mate, their devices the kids, need batteries. The kids know where the little tin of Vartas uh, uh, are because we go to Vartas, Bunnings and buy the Vartas, <laughs> mate, because they're just so cheap. Go the Varta, bloody oath, mate. The Vartas go well, but now this, this could ruin the Varta business. Vata. the Storhogan, the Storhogan and the Lada could, could ruin Vata the Varta business. Jeez. But IKEA, they've. This is. I remember last month they announced they, they've got like smart home lighting solutions. So they're coming next year. They're, they're, yeah, true. But at least they're, they're thinking forward in terms of. Yeah, here they've got rechargeable batteries. They're thinking smart lighting. They're really adapting to the times. Any bloke who's been to IKEA knows you follow the wife around for three hours because you can't get out of the joint. <laughs> it's right? right. Yeah. And at the How end, how do you get out of there? At the, you don't. It's like a jail. You, you just got to hope to come by the meatballs, right? But at the end, you come by all the cheap cups and glasses and yeah, just silly little stuff. That's where they're going to put these bloody things, right? Yeah. And I'll just go, yeah, yoink, buy. mate. I'll yeah. have ten, thanks. I'll have, I'll, I'll pay forty five dollars yeah. for what's it going to be forty batteries, right? Yeah. And yeah, I'll pay forty bucks for the charger. Are they available now? That's unbelievable. Are they soon or available now? It didn't say, so I'm assuming available now. Available now. Okay, so it says too. IKEA's little press release did a bit of research as well. They said purchasing one rechargeable battery can save up to 1,500 disposable batteries from landfill. Because it, it, this one battery can be recharged 1,500 times. There you have it. And a household could save $298 a year using the larder rechargeable batteries instead based, of disposable. Based, based on a household with four remote controls, four <laughs> band. <laughs> it's a very good fine print down the bottom. Yeah, there is. But, what yeah, that's based on. but it's taking cool. it. We we use a lot of batteries, uh, so this is a really interesting solution. I will be investigating if my local IKEA store, which is near the airport, will uh, will have them. The Tempe store. Well, I might go to Rhodes. Oh, you got Rhodes? Yeah. Marsden Park. Okay, there you go. Out in the west, mate. Northwest, we got lots of IKEAs. Yep. Okay, excellent. Two blokes talking tech details of the IKEA and photos of the batteries because they're pretty boring looking batteries. I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, at eftm.com.au. Now, this was an interesting story that I, I thought – when I first saw it, I thought, how how stupid is this? That's what I first and thought. I thought, well. I've got to write this. That's where I left it, though. You but, took it to the next level and wrote well, about it. Well, I wrote it. about it because thinking that – well, that, let's, let's talk about what the story is for, to begin with. There's a, there's an, no, let's not. There's an initiative by, in Western Australia to create – wait for it – texting bays by the side of the road. So the drivers could safely pull off out of traffic and you look at their messages, send messages, receive messages, whatever they want to do. So, Do you know we've got like 50,000 of these in Sydney? They're called service stations. That's yeah. what I do. I pull over it's and quickly. It's called the curb. Isn't it called the curb? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a texting bay, isn't it? Just yeah. pull over. That's a texting bay right there for you. So the issue people need to take into account here is if you are pulling over the curb, you need to have turned off the car and taken the keys out of the ignition to legally be in the clear. Like imagine the – here. here's why I think this will never work. Because it's a stupid idea for a start. Apart from it being a stupid idea. If people 
People often look at their messages while they're driving because they're in a hurry. They're not going to think, oh, I'm going to stop and look at the side of the road by f- for 15 minutes and look at my messages. They're on a, in a hurry to be somewhere. That's why they do it to begin with. The other thing is that some drivers just can't help it. They have they do it. That's what they do. As stupid as that is, and as much they're putting themselves in danger, other drivers and, and pedestrians in danger, some people are just too stupid not to, to, to that they keep touching their phone. And I think the the way to stamp that out is to make it so that the fine is like five thousand dollars if you get caught touching your phone. Yeah. Because at the moment you might lose a couple of points to a three hundred dollar fine. It's not severe enough to teach these gibberers not to touch their phone while they're driving. Hundred percent. And that's the. Uh, I don't know that we have any <laughs> any laws that have fines and penalties that are large enough to actually deter them. That's the problem. If you if you thought that if if I get caught touching my phone, it's five grand. Would you think twice about touching your phone? I know I would. I wouldn't think twice. I, would. I wouldn't exactly. think about think it. Think once and not do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why take the risk? And, and that's the reason why drivers are taking the risk because there isn't that's that high fine. And we're thinking, and they're thinking up ways, texting bays to allow these people on the road to text while they're driving. Is that such an urgent need? Western Australia, I don't think so. I think that's where the idea is going to stay in Western Australia. It's not going to go any further. You know, I didn't read the story, so I hadn't realised it was West Australia. I assumed it was Clover Moore because that's the kind of stupid thing no, she'd come up West with. West Australia. It was the That's up there with West bike West Australian lanes. Road Safety Commission with <laughs> the bike lanes. Yeah, good. Maybe they'll be texting. Well, it's a texting lane. It is a texting lane. Look, not we're, only is we're, gonna, where rear enders are just accepted. Yeah. So it, it'll be it'll take up space. So what, what might traditionally have been a parking space or an emergency or, or, lane, or another lane yeah. is going to be a texting bay. But another one, imagine if the texting bay is full. You've got to look for another texting bay. It's going to cause traffic. I'll give you a tip. This is what I've done, and uh, my kids need to pull me up on it more. So Jackson will as a result of this. But I said to the kids, 50 cents each if I touch my phone. Oh. I mean, oh, mate, because I'm guilty. I've done yeah. it. Absolutely. But if yeah. the kids see me reach for my phone mm. and they call it out, 50 cents each. Like, yeah, as a fair. parent, it's a really simple way to well, – because it, it's a mental thing, right? It's Again, it's just the penalty thing, right? Because yeah. actually it's not the financial penalty there. It's the embarrassment. I don't want my kids thinking that I'm Absolutely. that kind of driver, right? Well, it's, it's a whole – it's that's good, very good parenting there because you're setting an example to your children. If your children see you touching your phone and whether they remember in eight years when they get their licence that, oh, hang on, my dad touched his phone so I'm going to touch mine, mm. uh, I think you need to set that example early. So, right, we know it's not safe to do that. And look at all the ads they put out there, those horrific ads that show a girl reaching out and texting someone and killing all her friends. Mm. It's not working. A lot of talk about touching. Um, Two blokes (laughs) talking tech. Uh, Stephen, your minute reviews. And um, we really should rename this segment because it's been about, I don't know, five years since you've done a minute. But anyway, we'll kick it off with. You um, I didn't write minute reviews. I just no, you just wrote reviews. reviews you've just you've re- rebranded yourself, haven't totally you? Totally right, mate. All right, we'll kick it off with the Jaybird X3 wireless headphones. Yeah, this uh, this is uh, an Aussie brand. A lot of people don't realise this is one of the first brands to actually try wireless earphones before companies started removing headphone jacks from phones. <laughs> These they were already wireless. Uh, the Jaybird X3s are really small. They're compact. They're small enough to fit, and I didn't think of this. I'm not a motorcyclist or, or ever wear a helmet very often. You can actually put them in your ear and still wear a helmet. Other earphones won't, won't let you do that. So that's one tick for if you're a motorcyclist. Uh, but they're compact for a reason because the battery is actually in the remote rather than in the earpiece itself. And uh, that's pretty smart because you get eight hours of battery life. It's really easy to charge. You just clip on the charger on the uh, on the remote. 
uh, and uh, you're away. And you can even be still listening to your music while you're charging the earphones, which are pretty hard to do for other earphones because the USB jack is actually in the earbud itself. On the audio side, I thought these were pretty satisfying. They're uh, really even bass. They're nice clarity to them as well. You know, they're they're, they're not going to be competing with Bose and and those other top brands. But I think if you want a great pair of sports earphones, that's what the, that's what these are. You can wear them very securely with the with the ear wings, so they stick in your ear, so they're not going to fall out in the gym or on a run. Uh, they're really suitable. They also come with a companion app as well. So if you want to set your own sound profile, you can slightly tweak the sound and it saves that sound profile in the earphone. Really? Rather than in Across the app. Across devices? Yes. So if you change apps in the earphone, it saves that profile. So if you switch from an iPhone to a Samsung, whatever you're doing, or even use a different music service, it'll still save that profile. The Jaybird X3 it's available from either JB Hi-Fi or Apple stores, and it's $199, which is cheaper than its previous model, which was $249. So you're getting a decent pair of wireless earphones, small, compact, but still produce a big sound, and for under $200, $199. Check it out, techguide.com.au. And for those who love a bit of the old great outdoors, Stephen, um, Navman have got a sat-nav uh, for the off-road. That's right. It's not only a uh, – it's the Drive Duo SUV, which is a combination of GPS and a dash cam. The, the backside of the GPS has a camera so that it faces forward and it's your eyes and ears on the road. So it'll record any incidents. It's got sensors like other dash cams. It's got a micro SD card to record any incidents. On the GPS front, it all it has all the maps and all the smarts that have traditionally come with all the Navman GPSs. But if you're a, GP, if you're a four-wheel drive owner or SUV owner – there's more than 123,000 kilometres of off-road maps. So if you want to go off-roading, you want to go off the beaten track, there are plenty of uh, maps for you to take it off-road and enjoy your adventures offline. It also uses the dash cam for safety features like lane assistance, so if you drift out of your lane, uh, collision warning as well. Uh, and, And maps are continually updated. It's $479.00. And if you're a four-wheel driver and a SUV driver... Not bad driver, when you consider sat-nav, dash cam, get all that for that. and off-road. And it also caters for larger vehicles too. So if you're driving like a truck or a, or a larger vehicle, it'll warn, it'll set you on paths that aren't going to have too tight cur- turns, uh, no steep inclines and things like that. So it caters for the size of your vehicle as well as if you want to take it off-road, it lets you do that as well. Very cool. Uh, Stephen will have that detail at techguide.com.au. Well, that's a wrap, Stephen. Two ninety five in the can. We're still waiting on uh, submissions for our three hundredth uh, anniversary yeah. show. Um, we've been a bit overwhelmed by um, by nothing. <laughs> by two people. By no, no Z- people. Ziggy and Zaggy are excited. They're yeah, very they excited are. when I come they here. They were. They always they always love to see you. Is that because they can detect that I really couldn't give a rat's? No, no, no. They like all people. They're very friendly dogs. Ziggy, Zaggy's getting Ziggy so big, Logan. I can't tell the difference between the two of them. Yeah, no, no. Ziggy's much bigger than Logan, but Logan, he's uh, stop with chicken. the Logan thing, mate. We're on the we're on the show now. You can you can unleash your real names. It's Ziggy no, and Zaggy, Ziggy mate. and Logan. Anyway. All right, we'll be back again next week for another edition, another episode, another week's worth of tech news here on Two Blokes Talking Tech.